This is a podcast of the Church of Indian Lake. First, and I'm looking forward to sharing God's word with you, and I am especially happy to echo what my wife Beth said at the beginning of worship. I'm especially happy to have all the kids in here, kindergarten through fifth grade. So guys, thanks for being here. And because I love you kids, I'm gonna do a couple of things for you. First of all, I'm gonna try to preach short. Is that cool, kids? Are all the kids happy about that? All right, thank you. And I love an honest heart. And because also, because you guys are, kid, are, are, are here and your pastor loves you, I have a little treat for you to have during church. Hopefully you're not lactose intolerant. If you are, parents are gonna have to deal with this because we have go-gurts for all kids through kindergarten through fifth grade. So our ushers are gonna be wake, uh, making their way down the aisle. And if you're kindergarten through fifth grade, um, raise your hand, you'll get a go-gurt. And I will just, a little housekeeping, um, Please, um, parents, help them throw away the trash. In case you didn't know, our church is clean by a team of volunteers, and uh, they would really appreciate your consideration. So, kindergarten through fifth grade, teenagers, you know, we get we're gonna have kids next service, so we've got to have an allotment of our of our gogurts. But you know, we want to keep it healthy. We're not gonna pass out candy bars. We're not gonna pass out uh, hard candy that will corrupt your teeth. There's a little bit of. Uh, a vitamin D in this milk-based product. Are you with me? All right, everybody cool? I see one. I see just this one child with so much patience to, to my left. He's just standing there just with that hand up with patience. So kids, feel free to eat your Go-Gurt. And uh, yes, when I went to Walmart at six o'clock this morning uh, with um, boxes of Go-Gurts, uh, the question was asked. Usually, you know, the, the person who's, who is um, making your financial transaction doesn't meddle in what you're buying, but she said, I have to ask you, why are you buying all these go-gurts so early in the morning? So I was able to explain. Hey, kids, I'm glad you have that, and feel free to enjoy it while I talk and, and help us throw it, throw it away when you're done. Now, it just seems real appropriate to see a child eating yogurt, drinking milk. That's what children do, right? But, you know, if, if I saw... Chris Taylor, our distinguished politician, sucking on a go-gurt while I'm preaching here. You know, that, that doesn't fit quite as well. Kevin, you probably would get a go-gurt if you could, but that wouldn't fit as well. Seeing you eat on a go-gurt while I preach isn't quite as appropriate. Well, today I'm, I'm gonna finish up on this, uh, this subject of maturity, and I want to bring out the point of milk and meat, the different components the scripture says we have as a body of believers. And I want us to go to Hebrews chapter five. We've ventured out of Ephesians four uh, pretty, pretty, pretty quickly after two or three weeks. And now we're in Ephesians chapter five, verse 11. And here's our passage today, and then we'll kind of break it down. We have a great deal to say about this, that being the Christian life. And it's difficult to explain since you have become too lazy to understand. Here's a very corrective scripture. Although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. You need milk, not solid food. Now, parenthetically, let me just say, my original idea was to pass out cartons of milk for kids to drink during service. But for those of you who clean the church and for the sake of the stains on our chairs, Gogurt was it, okay? 
You need milk, not solid food. Not, now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. Now, going on to chapter six, and this is really a continuous scripture. The division is only created uh, by scholars later on. It wasn't created by whoever wrote Hebrews. And I say whoever wrote Hebrews because we don't know for sure. That isn't just a lack of knowledge. It's just a lack of of understanding on everyone's part. Now I'm in chapter six and it's the same passage. There's been no break. Therefore, leaving the elementary messages about the Messiah, let us go on to maturity. This is the word we're focusing on in these last several weeks. The Bible talks about maturity frequently because God's called all of us to be mature, all of us to move on into maturity, not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works, Faith in God, teaching about ritual washings, laying on of the hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgments. Go back to 5.13 so we can just see that. You need milk, and yes, that needs to be separated. Verse 13, uh, the, the previous slide you had, you need milk, not solid food. Uh, that's not exactly a compliment to the people who heard it, okay? And, and the thought behind this is that just as we maturate uh, as human beings and we, we do not have the capability to eat solid food as babies, as infants, and we gradually transition into this in early life. So it is in the spiritual life that there's a difference between milk and solid food. Now here's the premise of my sermon. And we can go ahead and get off that slide because that's getting on my nerves seeing the need milk altogether. That's a, pro, yeah, that's a problem with, our, uh, with the Holman Standard Bible. It, it goes into our, into our media. Uh, some of the words blend, and, and we try to catch that when we can. Here, here's the premise of my message. My premise of my message is this, that I believe an effective, healthy church needs both mature Christians who are experienced and simultaneously needs new believers who would be classified as immature moving into maturity. That, that's the premise of my message. And I think that we make a mistake when we label a church and say, this is a mature church and this is an immature church, as if those should not correlate. I think that scripturally, there's an abundance of evidence for that. We wouldn't have time to go through it, that God has designed his people to interact those who are new, those who have been in the faith a long time, those who are mature in some of their ethics and morality, and those who haven't understood yet. Incidentally, because I study education also, that educators are realizing that probably the way you grew up learning was ineffective. Do you remember in the days that they began to differentiate students almost immediately, like in first and second grade, and they would divide the students according to their reading groups, and you had the bluebirds, who were the top group, and then the redbirds that were the intermediate group, and the yellowbirds uh, were the, the lowest group. And you know, kids figure that out pretty fast, don't they? They figure out how that all is differentiated. And now educators who have begun to study learning theories believe that even though that's helpful for teachers 
who, who are teaching 20 kids or 30 kids at a time. It's actually better to have the strong students and those students who are developing work together. It's better for both of them. And now we know that from learning theories, but the spiritual wisdom has been around for a long time. It says, hey, that, that's the better way. And we need to be a church of maturing people, that everybody's maturing, realizing that some people need milk and some people need solid food. If you go to an effective restaurant, you know, you don't want the menu to be too big because if it's too big, there's a a paralysis of people making decisions. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm about, when we're at, if you go out to eat with me, I'm like, let's make a decision fast. If it takes you over 40 seconds to pick out a meal, then, you know, you need to realize you can come to this restaurant again, okay? <laughs> so I time myself about 30 seconds. I kind of know what I want and I go with it. You know, unless I'm on vacation, I'm at, you know, like someplace I'll never get to eat at again. I might think three minutes on it. But if it's like Cracker Barrel, Sam's Grill, I'm going back again, right? So I'm gonna just see, generally look at the menu and pick it out. Now back to my notes, that had nothing to do with what I was gonna say. The, the point is this, in, in a menu at a restaurant, uh, there, there are categories. Uh, you, you don't expect everyone to want the same thing because some people might want a meat and three, others might want a sandwich, kids want whatever kids like, the macaroni and cheese, PB&J, or that kind of stuff. And this variety uh, helps the whole family and comes there. So there's this idea of uh, we need this interaction with one another. Now, if a four-year-old child comes up to a middle-aged woman and asks this question, are you having a baby? That's a forgivable question to a lady in her 50s, right? That's a forgivable question. If a 44-year-old asks that question... That guy is not thinking at all, right? I mean, you, you never ask a woman if she's pregnant. Just never ask that, guys, okay? <laughs> Four-year-old guys, it's okay to ask that. 14-year-old and beyond, don't ever ask. Just, just don't assume, all right? Now, here it is. We have different expectations on the four-year-old child because he's actually using his reasoning skills and asking a very logical question. But the 44-year-old man is just not thinking, is just not understanding the social situation and not using his head and, and, and not being mature, okay? So there's different expectations. Here's the first thing that I believe the scripture is saying to us. And if we want to be this church that integrates both mature and immature, we must remember spiritual maturity is progressive. Spiritual maturity is progressive, okay? Now, Hebrews 5.12, we're going to work backwards today. Let's go to Hebrews 5.12. It says this, although by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation again. So there is this expectation, and I'm trying to raise the bar of expectation here. The expectation is that if you are a believer, that you ought to be stronger in the Lord six months from now, six weeks from now, six years from now. I got those out of sequence, but you know where I'm going, weeks, months, years. You ought to get stronger. Teenagers, if you're going to this church, then a year from now, we ought to be able to see measurable progress in your faith. This is not um, 
us earning favor with God because we have all the favor from God we can get through salvation. I mean, there's nothing that, that we, we are favored of the Lord by his grace that has adopted us and set us in. But the more we're exposed to his grace, the more we develop a devotional life, the more we're in settings where his presence is here, the more we experience his grace, we can't help but mature. We can't help but grow. We can't help but get stronger. Yet some of us, listen, we have been out of the game for a long time. We haven't been participants and we have been excusing ourselves, wrongly believing that we have attained some minimal level of maturity that is just enough for others to think we're mature. But God is pushing us forward and he's saying, let's go deeper. Let, let's allow roots to go way down because we don't know what kind of storms are gonna come. You know, trees that continue to grow go deeper and deeper in the roots. And even though you cannot see the growth measurably, they, they have a, a sense of maturation in their physical size, their roots are going deeper. And their roots are going deeper because there's no telling what kind of storm's gonna come. Can I tell you, we know not yet what kind of storm's gonna come culturally, what kind of storm's gonna come personally, what kind of storm is gonna come to our life, but God wants us to be ready. He wants us to be ready for the storm. So what's happening to you today is getting you ready for tomorrow. Sometimes we don't connect this church service with something we're gonna encounter four months from now. We don't uh, connect Tuesday's devotional uh, that, with something we're gonna need in our spirit later on. But that's what maturing is. It's, a, it's allowing our roots to go deeper so we're ready for the storms and we're ready for what God has for us. So right, right away, this scripture's reminding us, listen, by now some of you ought to be teachers. Some, now, some of you ought to be leaders. Some of you, that, that you ought to be in the place that God's assigned for you, but maturation has been delayed or avoided or resisted. The Spirit says no longer. Come on, it's time to get after it. It's time to let God bring us to the place of maturity that he wants us to be. Now, talk about maturity uh, too fast, I think is in peewee football, like the real, real young kids. The real young kids who put on these helmets when their neck and vertebrae really aren't strong enough, you know, so they kind of run down the field kind of like this, you know, and, and the pads are hanging out and they're hanging sideways. Just, just an opinion, okay? Just, luckily, they're not big enough to hurt each other yet, but it's just a little early peewee football. But I've coached peewee football, been part of peewee football, and so I'm gonna pick on myself a little bit. Because what happens in peewee football, I'm talking about the real young kids, okay, is this, is when the game is over, and if the game has not gone the way the coaches felt like it should go. The coach, me, being an ex-coach, gets embarrassed. And so there is the post-game speech. And because the coach is embarrassed with the performance of the players, he begins, or I begin, to give this lecture to these little peewee players who barely have the neck strength to even hold up their helmets, uh, who don't even have the motor skills to attach their, their shoulder pads. But because I'm embarrassed, because my team didn't perform to the level I thought they should, I begin to give the Vince Lombardi speech. Boys, you gotta want it. We gotta block better. We gotta hit better. We gotta run to the ball. It's time for us to step it up, boys. And just yelling the coach speech. And those poor little peewee kids, the whole time they're hearing this impassioned plead, you know what they're thinking about? 
Yeah, you hit it. What's the post-game snack? <laughs> They're just not ready for Bear Bryant, okay? They're not ready for it. I, I remember us leaving a game that didn't go well, and we were all in the minivan, and the whole family was frustrated. And I mean, even Beth was a little frustrated, which usually she doesn't get that way. And Abby was frustrated. And Luke, and we're sitting there talking about the game. Man, no one was into it and, and even got specifics. Why didn't Smith block or an old Taylor? Actually, there is a Taylor here. I shouldn't have used that name. So I never coached Taylor, so that's not personal. Okay, I was trying to think of the most generic names in the dictionary, okay? Sorry. Uh, John, oh, Johnson, man, he didn't tackle very good. And this kid wasn't into it. And we're all just saying, rah, 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 rah. And I noticed my, my mom is in the, my mom's in the van and she's just completely quiet as she often does. She's kind of like this silent presence in the minivan, you know, like, like a good mother should be just observing everything. And um, that came out wrong, didn't it? Oh, man. <laughs> she's a silent presence who buys dinner. So how about that, huh? Hey, I'm not complaining. All right. And, and so mom's sitting in the minivan and she's been totally quiet while Beth and Abby and Luke and I are running our mouths. Lincoln's giving his ESPN commentary. And um, so, so this frustration level has risen in the van and I asked mom, I'm like, mom, what do you think about all this? She says, I think they are precious little boys who should be having fun. Psst, burned us. So here's the deal. Here's the deal that second point that I want to bring up is that spiritual maturity determines content. So it is that we shouldn't be given the Bear Bryant, the Vince Lombardi speech to five-year-olds. Maybe we should say that to fifth grade. Likewise, there, there's a men's Bible study that meets kind of the part of the building I'm pointing to now uh, of professional men, men who've been walking with the Lord a long time, tough guys, and they're sitting around in a, in a circle of tables with their Bibles out. How many know that it wouldn't be appropriate for me to set out coloring sheets and crayons and a cookie on a napkin, you know, for Kenny Powell? It's just not quite appropriate, is it? This idea that content is inappropriate and content is appropriate for certain people. Look at what the scripture says on this again. Look at verse 12. You need milk, not solid food. And verse 13, not everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about, now, excuse me, now everyone, that's a very important differentiation. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. Now, does this sound like maturity to you? Does this sound like maturity? If I were to come and none of you guys are eating gogurts, anyone still have a gogurt? Nick, you, did you have a gogurt, Nick? Nick, I, I've been friends with you a long time, so I could pretend to see Nick. If I went, <laughs> look at Nick eating his gogurt. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm teasing you, buddy. I'm, I'm, you're an illustration here. Maybe it's been working out good. Maybe I need to go back to Chris again. I'm making this too personal. Man, 9 a.m., I'm running through. And if I made fun of, of, of Kate or someone said, I can't believe those little kids are eating their go-gurt. And I, I'm, would, would that be mature of me to mock them? Would that be mature of me to belittle them? No way, because I recognize that that's part of what they're doing. Yet, in Christianity, 
Sometimes people who claim maturity, I hear them say the most immature things like, oh, I can't believe that church, they're just so immature. Or I can't believe those Christians, they're just so immature. And, and I just think that we need to understand that the spirit is working at a different pace among different people, even among different congregations. And don't congregations grow up too? Hopefully we're not the same church we were three years ago or six years ago or eight years ago. And God is using the process of maturation in, in such a way that we can celebrate that. And I think the mature Christians who really wanna eat meat, I mean, if you're really mature, go out and hunt it and kill it and skin it and cook it yourself and share it with others. That's the idea behind this. And I think that it takes great humility to say, hey guys, listen, we're, we're, we're a body and we wanna have a menu that offers meat and a menu that offers milk. In my Wednesday class, this class is with, it has participants who have been Christians only since 2013. And it has others who've been walking deeply with the Lord since before I was born. And I'm getting old. And the beauty of that, of both groups learning from each other, because the scripture lets us know that we learn from children, unless you, you know, unless you're like a child, you won't enter the kingdom of God. And so children have this great, great, they're great teachers to us, aren't they? Children teach us the ways of the Lord and the things of the Lord. So they're so important. Here's the last thing I wanna say in honor of all my little ones in here today. And here's the heart. We're working the scripture backwards today. And this is really the heart of what we're talking about today. Spiritual maturity is delayed by laziness. And those are very strong words. And truthfully, if I was writing this outline, I probably wouldn't have used those words. I would have given you something softer, like distraction or something softer like lack of focus. But look what the scripture says back in verse 11, back to the beginning. We, we have a great deal to say about this and it's difficult to explain since, he's, since you have become too lazy to understand. And I, I want to submit the scripture to all of us today, especially to those of us who should be more mature at this point, that our lack of maturity is our fault. Our lack of maturity is our lack of discipline. Our lack of maturity is because we're not at the place we're supposed to be doing the things God's called us to do, that we are getting distracted and we are out of focus and the scripture, not Aaron, the scripture says we're lazy. We're lazy spiritually and we'll, we'll put great attention to our personal finance and great attention to our health and great attention to our hobbies and great attention to planning our vacation, but we won't plan a spiritual growth plan. We'll put great attention to be punctual to everything that matters to us that's attached to a paycheck or is attached to personal recognition, but punctuality to God's house is not a priority. And simply put, we're, we're lazy. Now, if you can't get here on time, come anyway, okay? I don't want you to be self-conscious about that. I'm talking when we have determination over that. Some of you work in the night shift or you have circumstances, whatever the case is, come on, come on, come on whenever you can. 
This isn't, this isn't a designed to make you feel self-conscious about that. It's designed to call out better works in you. I say, let's not be lazy about the things that really matter. Let's not be lazy about the things of God. You know, one of the things that, that is one of the greatest challenges in life is early success. When we're successful at something early in life, it causes us to not be diligent. It keeps us from being hungry. It keeps us from uh, being diligent what God's called us to do. And sometimes the most successful people in life are not the best prepared. And I believe in preparation. It's one of my core values. You know, I believe in education. I've already referenced it today. But you can be prepared and you can be educated and you can have all the qualities on your side. But if you're not hungry to succeed, then you will not be everything God's called you to be. And hunger and desire and passion outweighs, outweighs skill and opportunity. And, and I just say, brothers and sisters, let's be hungry about the things of God. Now let's have a passion for the things that really matter. And here's what the Bible promises. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you're not gonna have to worry about clothes. You're not gonna have to worry about food. You're not gonna have to worry about money. You're not gonna have to worry about prestige. You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything you need is gonna be added to you. If you don't believe me, read Matthew 6. Jesus said it himself. Put God first. Put God first in everything. Amen, we will move to a place of great maturity. Beth, I want you to join me up here. So let me ask you this question as we come to a close, and I'm gonna be giving the benediction in just three or four minutes. This matter of maturity, brothers and sisters, let me ask you this question. How much more mature can you be by Thanksgiving? Do you know that you can be different by Thanksgiving? How much more mature can you be by Christmas? How much more mature can you be by next summer? One year from now, it's easy to remember this message, it's Labor Day weekend. Labor Day weekend, one year from now. How much more mature can you be? And I just want you to know, it's, it's up to you because God's grace is being poured out. His favor is being poured out. His presence is being poured out. And he just needs receptacles to say, here I am, Lord. Here I am. Change me. Transform me. Mature me, Lord. Stir up the good things of God. We just have to be available to his grace. Abiding in the vine. Being in the place God's called us to be. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. In the end of November, the end of December, next August, I want you to imagine who can you be in the Lord? Where can your character be? Where can your faithfulness be? Where can your knowledge of the things of the Lord be? It can go deeper. It can be better. Thank God through Jesus Christ. This is not an issue of heaven. This is not an issue of salvation. There's nothing we can do to earn heaven. We're going, not because of us, not because of our works, but because of Jesus. We have every right to heaven. Because of Jesus, we have access to the throne of God. Because of Jesus, we are adopted as sons and daughters. Closed deal because of Jesus. And we praise him. And now, you've heard this phrase before, that our salvation is God's gift to us. Now, our life is our gift back to God. And so I say, God, take us deeper, mature us, 
grow us in the Lord. Some of you have some disposable time over the next 48 hours. I know not all of you do, but I just challenge you, take 10 minutes and reflect upon your life. Reflect, reflect upon where you are spiritually and just say, Lord, take me deeper in the things that matter. Can we just sing this song with Beth? And I want us to seal this scripture in our hearts before I give our dismissal. Thank you for listening to the podcast of the Church of Indian Lake.